0: You're listening to the Ready to Go podcast, where we equip Christians to engage culture with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, welcome back to the Ready to Go podcast. It's great to be with you. I'm your host, John Christensen, again joined by friend and evangelist Jeff Framke. Today we're going to be talking about worldviews. We're going to begin a short series looking at the different counter-perspectives that we engage in this world. And so how do we talk to these people? How do we share Christ with them? Today, we're going to be talking about Islam and how we share the love of Christ with our Muslim neighbors. And maybe before we launch into this, Jeff, I, I should just ask you, would you give a little bit of a background on Islam, what, what you've run into, what do they believe, how have you interacted in spiritual conversations? Kind of what, What's your experience with engaging with Muslims?
1: Sure. And, you know, the first thing is that they are extremely open to talk. I mean, uh, more open than most. So it's, uh, and they enjoy it. So that's kind of fun. You don't need to be intimidated. They believe in one God, Allah. Be careful not to um, think that and agree with when they say, oh, it's this, we, we worship the same God because we don't. Our God is a Trinitarian God. So important to make that distinction. So they believe in one God. They believe in works, righteousness, that um, if they're good, always they're bad, that Allah will reward them with heaven Um, they believe Jesus is a prophet um, which obviously we would say something about that
0: yeah Jeff I think those are kind of some of the main beliefs that they have how do you then go about engaging Muslims I know you've said that they really are probably the most open maybe not the most but one of the most open uh, people groups that that love talking about religion how how do you go about uh, interacting with them
1: well again um, and we Spoke about this uh, in an earlier session. Um, it's uh, you know we approach them with the survey method, uh, just you know getting uh, asking them questions and allowing them to talk. Um, when they say that they're uh, you know Muslim and followers of Islam, you know I'll I'll ask the second question. Okay, so Jesus is a prophet to you, correct? Anything else? And they'll say no. So I'll start filling in the blanks because I know what they're gonna what they're gonna say, but. The last question is, you know, how how you get to heaven can vary. So I, I do ask that one, and but for the most part, they're going to say, you know, if you do good, um, Allah will reward you with heaven. And so that's once we you know establish that, uh, then it's what direction you want to go. So you know, I like to ask them right after that, after they answer the fourth question, is do you know what standards you will be judged on? And most of the time they say, no. And and I'll, I'll kind of kid them a little bit. I'll say, you mean your holy book hasn't revealed this standard that you will be, I mean, that eternal life or eternal death comes from? See how they respond. And uh if they if they don't know, then I will say well it's it's you know it's God's standards you would agree with that right of course Well those are called the Ten Commandments. Let's see how you do and I won't go into that because we've, we've you know we've we've covered that before but that's one way to engage really quickly you know then you get right into it and you know um, you know Muslims along with most other religions they, they overestimate their holiness, and they underestimate the holiness of God. And so, we need to, you know, share that. And the commandments are great with that, showing them that, well, no one's holy, you know, only God is. So, it's important. But um, other ways to go from there, um, certainly, you know, Jesus claiming deity, you know, the prophets of the Old Testament. Proclaim um, the deity of Christ, the apostles declare the deity of Christ. Christ himself declares himself as as God. Um, so I'll ask some questions about that. so how do you how do you deal with that? Um, you know Jesus and I'll ask, you know why Jesus was put on the cross? well it was is because he claimed to be God. And it was that uh, you know when he said before Abraham was I am John 8:58. That's what really riled up the the, the Jewish people uh, because they knew him proclaiming I am what that was all about Exodus 3. So um, so I'll start engaging you know that way and you know there's just there's so much evidence. Uh, they have to deny the apostles. They have to de- deny the the prophets in the Old Testament. They have to de- deny Jesus's words. And if they recognize Jesus as a prophet, well, then he can't lie. So how do you how do you deal with this? How do you harmonize, you know, what the what the scriptures teach?
0: Yeah, I think that's one way that's really effective. I think you, know, you take them to the the scene where Thomas doubted. Jesus and all of a sudden he fell down and worshiped Jesus and Jesus didn't rebuke him. Yeah. Jesus and called him Lord. Yeah. Called him Lord. He knew he was God. Yeah. Jesus knew he was God. T- uh, Thomas knew he was God. Yeah. At the beginning of 2 Peter, you know, we see that he's called Savior and God, mm-hmm. Jesus. I mean, there's d- multiple places in the New Testament where he directly references God, where Jesus claims deity. The Jews knew that he was claiming it. They instances where they picked up stones to stone him. And I, I think that's a great place to go with Muslims and ask them, how, how do you reconcile these things? Because they do somewhat respect, at least, the Injil, or the, the yeah. New Testament is yeah. what they call it. Yeah. And, and so they'll, they'll be willing to have a dialogue uh, about that and about, uh, about Jesus because they really revere him.
1: Someone shared on a mission trip with me, uh, Matthew chapter 16, verses 16 through 19, where, where Jesus challenges them on who he is. What, who do the people say that I am? And, oh, you're Elijah or John the Baptist or a prophet. And then he looks and says, well, who do you say that I am? And Simon uh, Peter says, well, you are you know, the Messiah, the Son of God. And Jesus goes on and says, you know, well done, and, and because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. That's a great—those are great verses to read to, you know, a follower of Islam.
0: Yeah, they, they are. Have you ever uh, asked as well, Jeff, just uh, thinking through, uh, like, their family and how most Muslims probably are Muslims because they were raised that way? Do you, do you ever ask them about that, of how did you come to this conclusion, or, or uh, why did you choose to believe in Islam?
1: I wish I was smart enough to (laughs) say that Um, because it's a great question. Um, You know that, I mean, I would guess that most of them have been raised that way. It's all they know. But the other thing to realize when you go into a conversation with a Muslim is the cost that comes with them, you know, renouncing their faith and you know following Jesus as the lord as their lord and savior i mean that is a tremendous cost so i think we need to be aware of that um and just just to understand you know the pushback that you get and you know that they're going to hold on to these only things that they've known or if they start getting convicted you know what what that might mean for them in the future i think that just helps
0: i think it's great to understand that knowing then that it's probably going to be a long haul approach that with Muslims, there are some of the most eager people to talk about religion, but I think some of the hardest to convert. And obviously it's the Holy spirit that has to draw them. But I I think it is really much of because how much they have to give up. I mean, they have to give up everything they give up, get rejected by their family. And sometimes it's worse. Sometimes it's life being threatened and, um, and those are those threats are sometimes acted upon. And so it's, it's a really big deal. And I think it's really good, too, to clarify terms. And like you were saying earlier with um, with going to heaven, how they get to heaven, you know, it was interesting. I was uh, speaking in a, in a school once. It was me, a Muslim, and a Jew kind of on this panel talking about monotheistic religions. And the uh, the Muslim had just gotten done talking about how Muslims believe they get to heaven and so it was my turn, and I talked about being saved by grace and Christ paying for us for our sins, rising again from the dead. They got the gospel, and 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 I, I made the comment of uh, something to the effect of, you know, and uh, as, as as you know, distinctive from Islam, that uh, we are saved by grace is a complete gift from God; it has nothing to do with our works. And after I got done, he he kind of said, you know, uh, just just so you know, uh, we're we're saved by grace as well. And and I I was like, what? I didn't know what to say. I was, what, what what do I say to that? And and what he meant was that even with their good works or something that he's they still say Allah is graceful in saving them, but it is not by grace alone. Yeah. Like a very different definition of grace. Yeah. Yeah. And so just be prepared when you're talking with counter perspectives. I think we have to be prepared to to uh, make sure we define terms. Yeah. So when we're talking about grace, we know what. Each other, time. I when we're talking about works, we know what each other are talking about. And when we're talking about God, we know the difference, like you said, between um, Allah and the Trinitarian God of the Bible. I think it's really good to to kind of establish those terms, you know. And you mentioned to me a little bit earlier today too a book by Ron Carlson. Would you would you share a little bit about that? Just a quick,
1: great great book. I there's a lot of material that I've used from his book. It's called Fast Facts on False Religions. It was written a while ago, but what I like about it is that he covers every uh, false religion in about 10 to 15 pages. So you can easily reference, oh okay, what's you know Islam, or what does Jehovah Witness believe? And, and, and you can get a quick study on what they believe, how it came to be, what the Bible says, and how you counter. It, in like ten to fifteen pages, I mean that's it's awesome. It's a great book. and uh, if you're like me and you don't want to spend time usually reading the Quran or something, it will really equip you um, quickly.
0: That's awesome. Well, we really encourage you uh, this week to reach out to uh, Muslim neighbors or coworkers or, or anyone you know and and just begin to begin to build a friendship with them, begin to know get to know them. And ultimately, to to start spiritual conversations with them, asking them questions and being a really good listener, making sure they're they're heard, and then and then as the conversation comes up, being able to interject and talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there are great questions you can ask. You can ask about the the person of Jesus and was he really a prophet or, or was he actually God? Uh, you know, did they become uh, Muslim based on their choice or because of their parents? Uh, were Muslim and so they automatically consider themselves Muslim. There there are many good questions that we can ask and so we really encourage you to begin to engage your Muslim neighbors with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well next episode Jeff and I will be continuing our series looking at common worldviews and we'll be talking about atheism. How do we engage atheists in gospel conversations? So be sure to join us next time but until then keep sharing Jesus. Let's go.